Hey, this is Eugene Rapkin, and you're listening to the Style Zeitgeist Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Eugene, and I am back with a good friend of the podcast, Philippe Hashemi, a journalist, critic, mentor, consultant. And as it is our custom, we're here to discuss... Um, and analyze as much as we can this past men's fashion season. Uh, welcome, Philippe. Hi, Eugene. Nice to see you again and very happy to be back on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, as always. I have a feeling this is going to be a short one because I feel like this season sucked. This I, I have no... <laughs> Honestly, I have no other way of putting it than in most blunt terms. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I may, I have a feeling this may be a short episode. We'll see. Um, you, you weren't, you weren't there again. You chose to travel elsewhere, right? Well, I was in Florence for PT. Okay. Uh, which was nice because I got to see Wells Bonner. I got to sit down with her to interview her. So that was really nice for me. And then I went to Italy on holiday. So, um, yeah, I kind of, you know, like skipping school with the bad mm. kids, just not doing <laughs> what yeah. I was supposed to do, which in a way was a nice feeling because I could also get into the stores. I could, uh, you know, look at what people were buying, have a look around. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was interesting for me to do that. Yeah, which is which is what yeah what I used to do. I used to go to Pizzi and then skip out on Milan and go hang out in Europe somewhere and then come to Paris, uh, which would have been which was really nice because I saw our colleagues when they started Pizzi and do Milan. By the time they get to Paris, by the end of day one, they're so exhausted. I don't even know how they can think because there's just so much that they have seen. Um, but anyway, I I am curious. Uh, yeah, let's start with Florence. I really wanted to go and it's a shame that I couldn't because now I have two jobs, um, you know, at, as an editor and a retailer. So I already had my tickets to Paris and it would have been just too hard for me to go to Pitsy, get be jet lag, come back to New York, be jet lag again, and then go back to Paris and be jet lag again. So unfortunately I had to skip, even though it was, you know, Anne's Millimister, my first love. <laughs> uh, but tell me, tell me how was Pitsy? I actually really liked it this time. Yeah. I thought it was um, very high quality in terms of the events, in terms of what was at the fair. Still quite intimate because there were not so many international visitors. And um, I think Wales Bonner for me was a highlight, definitely. I mean, the collection I felt was elegant, refined, relaxed, look fresh, um, not fussy, not uh, contrived. And I spoke to her afterwards. She's actually quite a shy person. She's quite reserved. And uh, she definitely has an intelligent approach towards clothing. And that made me feel very, very good to hear someone young with that kind of approach. And then I think seeing Anne, the Mullemester's retrospective was also a strange feeling in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't know what you felt when you saw the images, but it was kind of this odd feeling that nobody dresses like this anymore and that it was right. very uh, last century. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, in a way, I was kind of wondering why it would be the right moment for her to do this, but I didn't really speak to her directly, so I don't know. Mm -hmm what the motivation was, but it was a bit of a bittersweet moment, I felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I can totally see that from the pictures, and I only saw the pictures. Uh, but what I found fascinating is that it got, 
it was probably in top five posts on our Instagram, in the history of our Instagram, in terms of likes. Hmm. So there's certainly a contingent, of course, in a style zeitgeist audience (laughs) that very much (laughs) loves and appreciates Anne's work. Um, But I am not surprised when you say that it felt very last century which i think is completely fine you know i don't i don't think it's a criticism right because for that moment it was incredible um what Anne was doing the reason i'm not surprised you say it is because like i said Anne is my first love and my forever love in terms of fashion that's how i fell in love with avant-garde fashion um but aside from like a t-shirt i haven't worn an andy millimeter garment in the past six eight years perhaps mm-hmm. um which i find sad for myself you know maybe even 10 years i'll say you know yeah, like yeah, I just I just have a few t-shirts left and a pair of pants. Um and I and I think I know when you what you say when it feels dated. Again, not a criticism. But yeah, it was not in a bad way. It was just sort of a reminder of you know how people used to dress in the 90s mainly mm-hmm. and how there was this form of dandism still and you had tailoring and you had yeah. things like beautiful velvet and black gabardine and feathers and you know this kind of decadent poetic look mm-hmm. and i was just thinking oh my god nobody dresses like that anymore no except one. except herself some of her yeah. friends you know yeah yeah and uh and in a way, it, it's sort of the refinement of it and the beauty of it were obvious. But at the same time, it no longer spoke of the world we're living in now because it's probably an ugly world. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, mm-hmm. but... No, yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. I, I, there, there is no more poetry in this world. Yeah. Look at the yeah. music that's on, you know, top 100, yeah, right? exactly. That like that world yeah. that... And was so much part of and that I think I am still part of just no longer exists. Um, but I agree that, you know, people, yeah, and, and I agree and people don't really dress like that. At the same time, what I found, you know, with the revival of uh, Andy Millimister brand uh, that they're trying to do, I... And I inevitably look at, I'm jumping ahead, but I think it's warranted. I inevitably look at Yoji Yamamoto, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. a little bit in the same vein in terms of that. There is a clear aesthetic world. There is a clear direction. And it's a bit similar, at least for man's, in terms of um, an aesthetic universe and i don't want to compare them i don't want to put them side by side but i think you know what i mean right mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah and it's because you know yoji is also a lot of tailoring a lot of gabardine you know there's a symmetry um volume etc and i was looking again at yoji's show and i was trying to think like why does that hold up and the Andy Milmister revival just leaves me cold. And I want to love it. I really do. Like, I am rooting, you know, for Cla- for Claudio Antonioli and the whole team. Like, I want them to do well, but I just can't connect. And I looked at the Yoji show, and I think it was the biggest loss for Paris this fashion week is that Yoji showed in Tokyo. And I feel like it's just so beautiful, poetic, nonchalant uh human and there is a power in it that i no longer find in that anti-millimeter revival that i'm looking at 
Yeah, I mean, in a way, it sort of makes you feel that um, men's wear definitely turned the page and that, you know, um, certain attitudes are no longer there. They don't really exist. Certain behaviors no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, I guess you would like to see some of Anne's principles alive but yeah. you can't really find them anywhere. You know, it's no. a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the work, as, the work in itself is flawless and coherent and completely makes sense from start to finish. But you don't really see an impact on it today. That's what I mean. Like you don't see a direct impact on anyone doing fashion today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. I feel like, that world is gone and it's it's now my you know it's now my own private idaho <laughs> like, mm. and i but when i walk out into the street honestly like i feel like a fucking alien <laughs> when i when i walk in the streets <laughs> in new york to be honest because I, like so many people in this especially we're talking about men uh this like streetwear luxury logo mania which is you know it's fake luxury we know that it's not real yeah uh with absolutely zero design in it um although you do you know you do feel you do see people in rick and sometimes they rock it well and sometimes they don't and Mm -hmm. i feel like rick owens has taken up that mantle that Anne had in yeah. the nineties, yeah. but yeah. he is, and he's been able to translate quite a lot of similar values. You know, there is poetry in Rick, but it's a very hard edged and it's very much made for today for the city. Um, it's more confrontational. Exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and that yeah. just works. Cause I, cause I wear a lot of Rick. That's what I gravitate to myself i feel like it works for today for the city i live in um but it retains this very similar kind of like goth brutalist confrontational and there is poetry in it but it's very hard edged Mm -hmm. you know like it's yeah like it's not patty smith it's sisters of mercy (laughs) yeah 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 no it's true it's true yeah but anyway, it was, uh, yeah, I guess it sounded like it was a bittersweet moment, like you said. Yeah, it was. And I guess, you know, then I saw her again at the airport and she was wearing a straw hat and she had a little waistcoat on, a white shirt. And it was just bizarre, you know, it was like watching someone coming out of 1992, you know, it was mm-hmm, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a bizarre, yeah. a bizarre feeling. It was nice, but it was sort of, yeah, a bit strange. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, 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 a relic of a bygone era, I guess, which again, it just, it sounds so heartbreaking to me because like, I love Anne to pieces. And, and it also um, wasn't such a long time ago that she quit, you know, so it's quite strange. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So then you were like, fuck fashion. I'm going to go to Bologna and eat and rest <laughs> and hang out and go to museums. And you went to Paris. You were the good boy this season. You did, I did, you did the I job. Did. I did the job. And uh, yeah, it was with several exceptions. It was quite underwhelming, I have to say. Uh and the city felt strange. Um, In it, what way? It, um, tourism is back. Uh, I realized I have to find all new restaurants because all of my stalwarts have kind of fallen one by one, which is thankfully I've discovered last, last month when I went with my daughter just to be a tourist. It was her she asked me to take her to Paris for the first time. So mm-hmm. it was lovely to be a tourist and not work. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, prices have gone up, which is understandable considering where the world is. It was absolutely choked with traffic. It mm-hmm. was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. I felt so bad for the Uber drivers 
And at some point I just stopped taking Ubers and I again got on the on the e-bike and I was just biking everywhere because it it took half the time and was one third of the price of getting a mm-hmm. taxi. Um which so it was just really, really choked with traffic and felt um like the tourists are back, but the city was not ready yeah. for it. That that's how it felt. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it it, it was fine. Um, uh, and then the shows and my first show was great. Like I it was White Project, so I started on a high note. I thought it was a fantastic show. Um, I loved how. Uh, I remember someone asking me in my Instagram stories, who is the designer you completely changed your mind about? And it's Glenn Martins. You know, Mm -hmm. I I started out hating Y Project uh, because it looked to me just like too close to Vietnam and this whole like hipster uh, thing. And once it started getting away from it, from it, I've had a complete turnaround and I've been loving what Glenn's been doing for the past two, three years. Um, and this show was no exception. It was hard and elegant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I've, I've always thought that, yes, Glenn is a designer, no doubt. Even when I didn't like it, I thought, okay, there is design here. And so I can't knock that part. But now I really think he's really common to his own um, in terms of the language he has created. And I think this show was just another confirmation of how good he has become at forging his own language. Just things with, he does with denim are incredible. Yeah. And the proportions that he does and all the twists and turns in the clothes. And then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> with, with the exception of Craig Green, which I thought it was best of season, but we'll we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, tell me what you thought. It's funny because I, I mean, I love Glenn and I've known him for a really long time and I looked at the show and it was very Gautier. It really mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of 1980s Gautier menswear, which which I think was an influence that you saw a lot in Paris, this kind of deconstructed suit, also the play with gender, a kind of campness that was sometimes not right. Uh, You know, like Tom Brown and Dries, there were like this sort of masculine, feminine thing going on, which didn't always work. And uh, it's funny, I think he's he's the Gautier of our generation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, Glenn has knowledge, he has creativity, he has wit, has a certain irony that also Gautier had. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's totally part of his time, part of his era. So I feel that he has the same irreverence that Gautier used to have and the same kind of explosive creativity. I mean, he's been doing so much lately from the couture for Gautier to yeah. Diesel to his own line. And, you know, he keeps he keeps thriving as a designer. So he seems to rise up to the challenge and he seems to enjoy himself. So I think we have to give him that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, and I like that comparison with Gautier and I think it makes sense. And I think it's no coincidence that Gautier chose him to to collaborate and to do a line for them, which there was a lot, maybe the way you felt it, because there was a lot of that in the show, because in the photos, you can't see the back, but there are quite a few garments that said, you know, Jean-Paul Gautier on it. So like all that okay. trompe all it was actually a collaboration ah, okay, with great. Gautier. Yeah, okay, or, okay. Well, or whatever that means today. I think it was Glenn Martin's, <laughs> you know, yes. mining the archives and turning them into his own thing, which I, I think especially there was one amazing garment. It was women's and it was like a dress with like a pair of pants built in mm-hmm. uh, in the front and the Trump oil effect. And I thought, oh, this is really cool and really fresh thinking. Yeah. 
I think, you know, some of these things, they're sort of okay because the construction is perfect and because you end up with something that looks innovative. And other shows, there were dissimilar effects, but they end up being gimmicky and they end up being, mm-hmm. you know, camp. There was a lot of camp this season, but not in a nice way, in, in a really kind of stupid way. I thought there were a lot of things that, I mean, you had to tell me what you thought about Tom Brown, but I was just like, what's yeah. that, you know? And yeah. also, Dries seemed to struggle with this, like, masculine-feminine thing. He seemed mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. some of it I really loved. It was very, you know, very tailored, very pure, a bit more minimal than usual. Mm-hmm. And when he tried to incorporate this kind of lingerie elements, it sort of became a bit a bit messy, this sort of masculine-feminine yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, and this campness seemed to uh, to define a lot of things in Paris. This kind of you know goofy camp thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Didn't convince me mm-hmm. at all. No. Well, th- that's what you go to, right? When there is that's sort of an easy. That's been an easy cop out for fashion for a long time because you can sprinkle it on the surface, whereas. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, Gautier, Mugler, like cutting it into the clothes, Mm -hmm. totally into the silhouette itself, into the garment itself. Here was like too obvious. And and I agree with you on Tom Brown. I was like, I am so tired of this. It was just like, yeah, putting men in women's clothes, like emasculating them, putting them in heels. Like you've already done that so many times and now it just feels trendy. And it doesn't feel trendy. It is trendy. That's what men's fashion is now. You saw a lot of that in the audience yeah, uh, as well. But I was just so bored because, again, I'm all for it but give it to me in a substantive form. Mm-hmm. You know, like a jock strap and like yeah, an no, ass like crap. slapstick, slapstick stuff. Yeah, it was just, Exactly, yeah. yeah. And again, it was obviously the materials were beautiful, but we've seen all these materials 150 times already. Mm. There was nothing new in terms of that. And the sort of like, emasculation, you know, feminization of man. It's just so boring already by now. Yeah. Yeah. And also because I saw a lot of uh, collections, but we can talk about Prada as well, because Prada started it where, again, you get this like boy men, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. so sick of them too. Like these little Mm -hmm. boys in little hosen shorts with the skinny legs, you know, and the big blazers, you know, trying to, uh, to borrow things from, from daddy or whatever it was just like men being infantilized as well i just Mm -hmm. thought it was kind of irritating exactly some of the collections were also like this and yeah uh, no you said a lot like comme de garçon like is also an example there like i'm really that's one thing like i have an issue with ray kawakubo she's been doing this like infantilization of men for a while mm. now just like yeah little boys in little shorts and yeah um and i, I spoke with angela flacavento about it too a long time ago already but he posted something on his instagram too that's just like it's it's infantilizing and i mean fashion has been infantilizing women forever Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now now it's men's turn, which I guess is fair. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, uh, whoever whoever you want to disempower next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's whoever you want to dis- yeah, disempower next. And uh, I'll just make one note uh, about Anne and just just struck me why I loved Anne Zimilmister so much. She never did that. Yeah. Her women were women and her men were men. Mm. You know, and also the language, you know, and, and even just like the language that is in fashion, it's always boys, it's always girls. It's never mm. men. Like all the models are boys yeah. and girls. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. Which I'm kind of, it's always kind of 
rubbed me the wrong way, but now it's like really grating. Like I don't want to hear another modeling agent say, or the designer, or this girl, this boy. Mm. They're young men and women, and and thankful in the runway now. I mean, look at Celine. The, the Celine collection was like a midlife crisis project. I mean, <laughs> it was really, you know, the, the whole thing about it was grotesque, completely grotesque. And also a portrayal of a designer who's completely stuck in his own obsessions and no longer relevant, you know. Yeah. Um, I felt that was quite painful to look at. I, I hated it. It was horrible. Yeah. Horrible dreadful. collection. Dreadful. Just dreadful. And it wasn't even worth looking at anymore because it's just so you know exactly what you're gonna get. And it's yeah. and I thought like, okay, you know, with Yoji you also know what you're gonna get. And why does Yoji work and this doesn't? And I realized why? Because just Yoji has a master of making garments. Mm. And Eddie Sliman, Sliman by now, he's just a stylist. Yeah. Because there is no design and no species. They no, just... and there's no innovation. It's just putting clothes on skeletal bodies, which is done for 25 years. Yeah. You know, and trying to sell this as new or whatever, or some Y2K revival or God knows what shit, you know, they're going to come up with. Yeah. But I just, I was really hoping that this menswear season we would see adult clothes you know i was expecting adult clothing mm -hmm. that would be creative and i really struggled finding that i mean I'm, I'm going to be quite shocking here but i actually thought armani's collection was great like giorgio armani mm -hmm. i suddenly looked at it and thought okay here's somebody who's delivering you know great tailoring beautiful colors things men can wear and you don't look stupid you don't look right. like some kind of stupid fashion fashion toy you know yeah. so uh yeah fashion victim <laughs> yeah it was kind of strange that suddenly i would gravitate towards somebody like him mm -hmm. uh because at the end of the day there's a sense of authenticity and reality behind what he does and a lot of these designers don't do that you know it's mm -hmm. just image and instagram and pretense there's nothing mm -hmm. real behind it, you know? So, yeah. 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 Well, right. It's exactly that because elegance, minimalism, none of that translates on Instagram. Mm. What translates on Instagram is loudness. Yeah. And as long as people will continue making fashion for Instagram, that's what we're going to get. Hmm. You know, and that's why masters like Armani and Yoji are ever more precious today. And I agree. You know, and yeah. the only thing that turned me off about Yoji, he keeps putting these like <laughs> slogans on his clothes. Yeah, uh, I hate you. I love you. I miss you. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't need it. You, yeah. you don't need it. Like you're fine, Yoji. Like you, there, there is no need for that. Um, and I get. I understand the temptation. <laughs> like one of the jackets like said shitty life on it. <laughs> and I was like, I, I get that temptation, but you don't you don't need to do it. Um but going back to Dries, I'm trying to go in more or less uh, chronological order of mm -hmm. what I saw. Um uh, I agree with you, I liked some of it and then some of it i thought felt forced Contrived. and i thought of you yeah. yeah i thought of what you said before exactly that you like Dries when he actually tones it down the simplicity of it when it's got and i see mm. and you definitely saw those looks there was one that's like beautiful double-breasted blazer with very yeah. it's more powerful pants. it's more powerful mm -hmm. yeah, when mm -hmm. he does that yeah i think when he tries to be because you know he's not he's not a subversive designer and exactly. when he when he tries to style something in a subversive way you don't really buy it from him because it's not him you know yeah yeah i completely so it, agree yeah it's too tortured coming mm -hmm. from somebody like mm -hmm. him because that's not the sort of beauty that he usually advocates. So I don't know what's going on there. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah. sometimes it's irritating, you know, to see these mm. things. Yeah. Th that's exactly how I felt about all these like motocross elements. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, really, Trees? I don't like, I don't see you not even being on a motorcycle, but I don't see you like being in that universe of like, you know, being fascinating with motocross and whatnot. Um, yeah, and I think when Dries does veer off into that territory, I always have to question how genuine it is. Um, uh, even like when last season, like one of the th themes was like the band Suicide, and of course I bought into it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna buy that sweatshirt. <laughs> dream baby dream, just obviously. But at the same time I felt Yeah, I'm listening to the Suicide soundtrack and I'm looking at these quiet bourgeois clothes and it's just such a disconnect, you know, it, it feels forced and a bit contrived. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't know if if, if it is what I think it was Guy Trebay who wrote, or maybe it was a Vogue reviewer, that it felt the motocross elements felt like, hey, we're looking for a new audience. Mm. And I I thought, yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> for for once, Vogue, <laughs> you're, you're right. Um yeah, at the same time, I saw signs of Dries being back to what he does the best and, and being strong with it and sticking to it. So actually, I'm quite hopeful that it's going to get stronger, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you had the same feeling as me. I mean, I couldn't express it better than what you yeah. said. So you felt the same way. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what happened next in my... Oh, yeah, there was Junior, which was the same, but with Gif Herring and Basquiat, Basquiat on it. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You know what I like at Comme des Garçons? I like these stupid masks that the models were wearing. It's sort of the idea of court gestures and the fashion circus and influencers and smiling all the time and being forever happy i was wondering if she mm -hmm. was you know i was wondering if it was a critique of what's going on now or just a theme that she picked but i, I mm -hmm. liked that i thought they were grotesque and yeah. absurd and and i thought it was funny yeah yeah i agree uh and i am not now that you say it i completely agree and i think that was the intention mm -hmm. because the circus of what's going on outside the shows yeah. has crossed all boundaries. And I wonder if there's going to be a point where like Paris municipal forces have to start cracking down on that shit because, and it was especially evident at Comme des show because, you know, Ray loves torturing her audiences. Mm. Like, you're, you're, we were again in this stifling room, super spreader event, cramped together, hot as hell, everyone is sweating. <laughs> you know, obviously 80% of the attendees are not dressed for the weather, right? Because they're hoping to get their picture taken yeah. or whatever, it's vanity. There's just a side note, like the more the circus I see, like the less I want to dress up to fashion shows. Yeah. This time I just, this time I didn't even bring luggage with me. I just had carry on. I just threw in a bunch of t-shirts and like a couple of pairs of jeans. And I was like, fuck it. Like I, I don't want to be associated with this in yeah. any way, shape or form. I understand. Mm. And the more now like these like athletes and rappers like every show and then their fans are outside. So outside of Calm, there were like 500 teenagers with cameras. And it felt like running a gauntlet just to get into the show. And here's a maybe good 
time to remind people that we're actually working <laughs> when we're there. Yeah, but we, the thing is, are we that important? You know, I mean, if we have to struggle that much to do what we have to do, are we really that relevant? You know, that's the thing as well. It's quite scary because I was thinking about that today. Um, you know, earlier on, I posted something on Instagram and I realized that now you you just get punished for having opinions. You don't mm. get punished for looking crazy or for being extravagant or for dressing like whatever, you know, but you get punished for having an opinion. So it's really quite interesting what's happening at the moment. You know, yeah. all these visual, entertaining things are tolerated, but as soon as words are used, it's a different mm -hmm. story. So yeah, there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Sure, because words are concrete and images you can always argue over them yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah why are you so negative philippe why are you always so negative <laughs> <laughs> no but you know it's, it's it's amazing to see that even in our industry people are scared of having opinions today because they're scared of the backlash they're scared of the you know what people are going to say about them and i i realize also being in florence and talking to some journalists that I was missing people like you who have strong opinions about things. Because even if I disagree with somebody, I'd rather have someone next to me with a very strong opinion and some passion in what they believe in. And that's really lacking in this business today. And I think it's a shame, you know, it's uh, this lack of, of passion for what we do and belief and that people would stand up to whatever they believe in, you know, and just stand up mm -hmm. for what they feel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know the motto of ID magazine, right? We're fans, not critics. That's, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. That, that, that's all you need to know, you know, talk about something emblematic to where <laughs> the time yeah, we're because, in. Because exactly, at the end of the day, it's about being liked. It's not about being respected. It's about being liked, isn't it? So just like yeah. me, like me. You know, that's, of yeah, course. that's what it, it's about. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the age of narcissism. Hmm. So that is, that's, that's what we, that's what most people are chasing today. So designers who are quieter, you know, like Grace or jill sender or you know even miyake who are doing things that actually people wear but they're more quiet they mm. have a harder time getting their message across yeah. it's crazy when you think about it you know it, yeah. it's mad that yeah nobody's listening to them you know it's uh yeah. yeah i agree and also they don't have the marketing budgets of big companies to compete with the loud others yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And once again, like I looked at the big three LVMH shows, which obviously I didn't go to any of them, but I looked at the photos and once again, it was from mediocre to shitty. Like, like Louis Vuitton was fine. Again, it was the same thing. It was suffering from, there was some cool ideas there, but it was suffering from going into too many directions. Dior was whatever. Uh, I actually liked a few tailoring pieces, but that was about it. I thought the set at Dior was more talked about than the clothes, because what do you want to say about the clothes? You know? Yeah, nothing. What is there and to and say? that's why the yeah. sets exist there. And uh, I love what Angela Flacaventa wrote, that there was an exercise in bottomless budget. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, that is so spot on. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. And and then and then Givenchy was just like a total disaster. I didn't look at that, but I find that too depressing to even face it. Yeah. yeah. And I know we've talked about it before, and it sucks because I, you know, I I like her leaks. I do like what Matthew's doing, but I don't know why he can't. I don't know if it's the commercial pressure he is under, or it's just he's not comfortable at a house like Givenchy. And it, it was a mix of, like there were nods almost to like Tishi, but I was just wondering like how like Tishi was able to take, to elevate streetwear and make it interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and here, like it's just not happening. And there was like, 
And like the worst moments just reminded me of Balenciaga. This just sort of like gritty, oversized logo and everything. And I thought like, why put it on the runway? Like, you know, put it in the showroom. I don't mind. Fine. Yeah, like yeah. You have to, you know, if your goal is to be a billion dollar brand and that's what people are buying, like put that shit in the showroom. Like why, why are you putting it in the runway? Hmm. Yeah, so it was, and again, like it was a spectacle of models walking on water, which I'm like, well, maybe it's a little bit too close to considering what Balenciaga did in March and and mm-hmm. frankly better um but yeah it was it, it was another disappointment which is sad because like i keep rooting for matthew but i gotta be honest you know i can't there has to be there has to be change in a design direction and what did you think about rig this season because i found it strangely relaxed and almost like casual it was weird feeling that i had watching it that it was more laid back than usual yeah yeah i agree um and it's interesting that you've noticed it i haven't seen rick this happy in a long time you know interacting with rick okay not like we talk every day it's quite rare but just interacting him watching him in the past several years i've never Like, here is a man who has said something to say, who has had something to say. He has said it. He's made a contribution to fashion, an incredible contribution. Um, And, yeah, you know, he's just sort of... I don't want to say he's resting on his laurels, but... He's no, but there's a sense of ease. There's a sense of ease. And I felt Mm -hmm. it in the collection. It was less kind of uh, hard-edged than usual. Certain things were softer, and also the volumes were a bit baggier. There were things that were more simple. And -hmm. I was thinking, oh, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of interesting, this new direction. It sort of felt, yeah, more casual almost, which was Mm -hmm. funny coming from him because he's not a casual designer, you know? Right, right. yeah, Yeah, in a way, it felt more like this, more maybe more spontaneous, more simple, mm-hmm. more direct, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was cool. I liked it. A, a lot of people did not like that collection. A lot of Rick's fans did not like this collection, which I found curious. Um, I think there is a feeling of it's time to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um uh, amongst the audience, this is in the sort of impatience with like, okay, we've seen like a lot of these silhouettes, we've seen a lot of these details, we've seen a lot of these uh, house codes, and maybe it's mm-hmm. time to move on to something else. And I, and I, and I get that. And, and compared to the women's, which was so incredible, it did feel a bit more, uh, it didn't feel as impactful. Is mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, my point of view, like even a collection like this from Rick is better than 90% of what's out there. I'm like, so what are you complaining about? <laughs> no, I actually think that the fact that it's more relaxed and that it's more, it felt confident and it felt like there was no need to try so hard. And I think that's fine. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that's this kind of simplicity is something that we are longing for today. So good for him. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. Um, yeah. And then there was Cray green, which for me was the highlight of the season. Uh, it was such a beautiful, ethereal, elegiac show. And there was the households were there, but there was also newness. I thought the outerwear was absolutely incredible. Um, that I went to the showroom after, uh, so I got to touch everything. I love the combination of these sort of uh, 
of these coats that looked a little bit like wrinkled yeah. uh, with the heart with the hooded harnesses on top of them um i loved the the latter part of the show which was this kind of quilting this oversized really beautiful quilting i felt like those i felt like those models were protected kind of and taken care of you know mm-hmm. i feel there was um there was a care in the clothes of these are clothes made for human beings in order to look after them yeah to look after them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's so nice. I, it was the highlight for me really um i loved a lot of the details like all the um they they were taking from uh, watch covers like military watch covers like you know if you're in uh desert right you have this watch cover mm-hmm. to protect your um uh, watch from the sand so that's yeah. what craig took and put it like all over uh some people confuse it from like this sort of trachean kind of medical uh device which is understandable but that's what craig told me that was the ins- that was the inspiration um and it really worked yeah i thought it was a really really beautiful um caring collection nice sounds like there was some emotion there which is important exactly exactly yeah there was emotion there and again it was nice to see industry people come and support like michelle lamy was there the show walter van byron and dirk van saini were the show and it was just it just felt good like you know, Craig Green is still a small brand. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of visibility, but it's a small brand. And it's nice to see people come out and support. Acknowledge it. Re- yeah. yeah, and acknowledge real design, which mm-hmm. I guess at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. There's real design there. Yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of sad to think that it's the minority of people who do that kind of work today, but that's the that's the truth, yeah. It's uh, it's becoming uh, a niche. Design is a niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can quote yeah. me on that. Design yeah, is a niche. Exactly. <laughs> Design is a niche, like in the sea of uh, logos. Logos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the sea, of, like logos, art. Which we already, which we already lived twenty years ago. Stupid logomania. You know, we already had it twenty years ago. Here mm-hmm. we go again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to go away. People keep talking about, oh, this is going to go away. You know, men are going to start wearing tailoring. And I just don't see that. As long as there is Instagram and as long as people make fashion for Instagram, it's not going to go away. No. Yeah, I agree. And also, as long as this pipeline from rapper to young uh, I revised consumer continues, and as and as long as fashion keeps opening up new markets mm-hmm. and has new I revised consumer, yeah, that's what it's going to be selling. Yeah, and and because it's mass market now, th- that's what people want. Because the first thing you want is to signal as loudly as you can. That's like your first step into fashion, right? You want yeah. to signal that you are fashionable. It's only when you gain experience in years past, maybe you want to move on to something more sophisticated, attenuated, uh, designed. And so as long as those people exist, and now we are absolutely in that um, in that era because the the dominant pop music genre is hip hop and hip hop mm. is still very much a revist in terms of, you know, it's a group of people with newfound wealth that they want to signal. Yeah. And then you have hordes of customers who are emulating uh, their heroes, which is mm. totally fine. Right. Like I, I did the same only for me. It was like, you know, <laughs> nine inch nails and sisters of mercy. Right. And for them, it's Travis Scott. So I, mm. I get that part. And, uh, 
but I think, you know, so between like hip hop being this sort of like a revist kind of a music genre in terms of displaying one's possession, then you also have huge arrivist markets such as China. And that all makes sense. So I think, and I think China will move on, you know, like we all like, 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 you know, fashion people like bashing it, but I'm like, well, we've seen this story many times. A new generation of Chinese consumers will come and they're going to be more sophisticated, more attenuated, they're going to want to move on from this logo shit. Yeah. I am sure of it. But then fashion will look for new markets. You know, and, and yeah, I don't know what it It's also be. the level of taste, Eugene, and it's the lack of, lack of education, you know, when it comes to discerning consumption and making sure that what you buy has real value beyond the logo, you know, yeah. and knowing what you're purchasing, knowing what you're getting into. I mean, that's another debate, but yeah. Yeah, it's, um, exactly. But I, it's an educational process, right? Hmm. I yeah. certainly went through it, you know, and, and I feel like a few people don't go through that. You know, we all look back at what we were 20 years ago and like, oh, God, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I'm sure there are people who I, but I've certainly had to develop my taste, uh, especially within my milieu, because my milieu, like everything in my milieu was so foreign to that. Like I had to discover everything by myself. So obviously that took a long time. <laughs> um Actually, it's funny because if I think about what I was wearing 20 years ago and I used to wear a lot of Margiela, yeah. uh, that was much more exciting than what I wear today. Yeah. Mm. Or Helmut Lang or, you know, like other people. Yeah. Uh, All right, this- fine. I have to say 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go further. No, but, but you know, it's there true. Are, there's some of these clothes I still wear today, you know, so, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's That's great. how relevant yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I still have uh, some helmet length pieces that I'm like, I'm never letting go no. of that. And, and a couple of Yoji pieces. Like I had this Yoji three-quarter jacket and I thought, should I sell it? And I said, you know what? It is so precious mm-hmm. that I'm just going no, to. You and every time, it. yeah, every time I put it on, I feel like it just feels so elegant. And to go back, like that, this is what we've lost. Like elegance is just no longer, no longer a value. Yeah, because it's all about comfort now, mm-hmm. and because you know, if you are elegant, then you're elitist. You know, that's the other thing as well. You have to look yes. like everybody else. You have to be yes. dressed like everyone else because that's woke and that's democratic. And I'm also sick of this. You know, yeah, it, it sort of erases. It erases the possibility of individuality yeah. in a way and a distinction and difference yeah it's Absolutely. a very uh totalizing discourse you know yeah. that erases uh personality mm-hmm. yeah do you feel the same I way mean, that's, what the logo, be- that's what the yeah, logo that's what the is. logo I mean, does of course yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've yeah. always thought it's very american phenomenon but do you feel that in europe as well i think some countries resist it Mm-hmm. you know, better than others. But I would say in the UK, uh, also like in Germany or in the Netherlands, people also wear these kinds of clothes. You know, there's a a big sort of market of people that want instantly recognizable brands. And they're also very young. Mm-hmm. Some of them are teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then you see other people like buying secondhand, buying thrift, uh, just the way... You know, just the way that I was when I was 18 or 19, I would just buy 70s vintage clothes, you know, because that was trendy. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the same today. There's also young people mm-hmm. doing that. But yeah, it's a bit of a weird. I feel mm-hmm. that now, for some reason, like younger people have access to designer fashion that we couldn't afford back then. Right. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the, but do you find that what I was referring to is this notion of elitism? Do you find that in Europe as well? Because that to me is a very American phenomenon. Like, God forbid you have good taste, 
you're an elitist. <laughs> yeah. uh, God forbid you want something quality, like you're an elitist. Like, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. Having been three weeks in Italy on holiday, I can tell you that certain things will never change. So you always see, you know, Italian men wearing suits, Mm -hmm. uh, dressy shoes, you know, they have this kind of elegance and they, they would never be seen wearing anything else. Like this, this kind of cultural strength that you find. And young or old, you know, I was still amazed to see quite smart looking Italian guys, you know, um, mm -hmm. And not just that P.T. Womo, because it's just peacock, <laughs> peacock right. fakery. But, you know, just in Italy, just the way people are, uh, just the level of refinement. And I think it's because it's something that they have in their culture, even more so than yeah. French people, I think, you know. They yeah. really make an effort. Uh, they want to look good and they spend a lot of time outside mingling and hanging out with others. So they care about what they wear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that's quite refreshing. It's a nice thing to be part of, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that spezzatura. Yeah, bella figura, bella yeah, figura, bella yes. figura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I think that's great. That still exists because you don't really, you don't really see that here uh, all that much. Uh, well, we've talked about everything but shows, <laughs> which. <laughs> Which is much. We, we didn't talk about Prada, Pravda. Oh that. my God. <laughs> I mean. The letter hosen of the season. Yeah, the letter hosen. And actually, the first few looks I didn't mind. I was like, oh, it's just simple tailoring, kind of reminding me of like 90s Prada. And I thought, like, oh, why are people bashing it? It's a good start. And then I got to like look number eight and I was like, oh, <laughs> I see. And then the whole like, you know, gingam thing. I was just like, this is just Yeah, so what was gross. that? Like, I don't know, fetish youth in Austria? I don't know what it was. Yeah. Was... Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh, and Bizarre. Yeah. And again, I, like, there were moments there where it's like, oh, yeah, this is Prada that people used to love, but there wasn't enough of it uh, in there. It's not directional anymore. It does, you know, that brand stopped being directional years ago. It doesn't lead anything anymore. It's quite sad. No. Yeah. 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 Did you look at, was there anything else that you found compelling in terms of? I thought Lueve was quite beautiful once you took out all the grass and all the growing stuff on the clothing. <laughs> Uh, they were beautiful pieces, so I think there were things that were desirable. I also thought that Head Miner's collection was uh, mm. strong. He's an Israeli designer and uh, a lot of oversized pieces, but they were interesting. The construction was interesting. There was, you know, a lot of design there, so I like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I would say these were the strongest i i saw in, mm -hmm. in paris yeah you know what i really liked and i missed it and i don't usually like it but i really loved le maire this season okay yeah i yeah. thought it was when i looked at photos and i thought again i keep going to this notion of elegance i just because i see so little of it i suppose yeah. it just was so and i've kind of been into I've really been into clothes that say, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I've really been into that. And, you know, it's, there are different variations of that, but that's what Le Maire told me. And it's, it's kind of like why I respect Hermes so much, right? These are clothes for people who don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, it's yeah. the pinnacle of quality. I would uh, say the same about the role, you know, because they shot yeah. in Paris. Both look books, the men and the woman were shot in Paris. And I thought that was very, very relevant for them to do mm. it there on the streets of Paris, you know. Yeah. Um, because again, as you said, it's for people who can afford it, who don't want to stand out. Uh, it's elegant clothing that is that doesn't scream anything. And yeah, it's very uh, 
very qualitative and very mm -hmm. nicely made. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're going back to Le Maire, and that's what I really loved. I love the silhouettes. I love that color palette or lack thereof. You know, this mm -hmm. this kind of <laughs> like olivey sort of sandy kind of palette, and I thought. This is actually really beautiful. It's yeah. it's subtle, but it's not too subtle. And at the same time, it's just easy and elegant, eminently wearable. Okay, it's not something I will wear, but I thought this was so. This was so great, and yeah. I I mean I surprised myself because usually like Le Maire puts me to sleep. <laughs> Um, no, but I think he's, he's really talented. I just think in terms of aesthetics, a lot of it goes back to the early 80s, you know, uh, and mm -hmm. this kind of French-Japanese sensibility. Yeah, So you exactly. find a lot of things that remind you of early Miyake, uh, Kom, Yoji, but I think, you know, he's made it very French. And I think, mm -hmm. again, he's very faithful to his own style, you know. Mm -hmm to yeah. his own aesthetics. So you know exactly what you're going to get. And that kind of sincerity is is refreshing too, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also liked, more than usual, I also like Color, the mm -hmm. Japanese brand, K-O-L-O-R. And it was his first show in a long time. And I thought that... Uh, Junichi Abe needs to continue doing shows because his clothes mm -hmm. do come alive in shows. And when I look when I look at them at the showroom, and I, I always go look at them in the showroom, and I, when I look at the lookbooks, it misses that kineticism that you get from a show. And the clothes don't really come alive the way they did at a show. And then I thought I had a conflicting appointment, so I missed the show, but I was looking at pictures, I thought like, oh, I'm sad that I missed the show. Um, yeah. I thought that was, that was really nice. Uh, undercover, I found a bit underwhelming, but of course, then there was the Pink Floyd collaboration. So obviously I drooled all over that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also, I think June's going to come back with the show in September. So I'm really... That's happy nice. about that yeah i want these people to start doing shows again because yeah, sometimes yeah, sure. lookbooks just don't like again sakai did a lookbook this time and i was like this is nice but it didn't have that impact that energy that yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. yeah so anyway i promised a short show like i really don't know what to not say not that short anymore yeah, yeah, like it was, uh, like I really don't know, you know, I did find Loewe disappointing and I did find J.W. Anderson disappointing too, you know, I felt it lacked cohesion and a kind of a snappy humor that it was there, but there, there was not enough, so there was, but again, listen, I no one can hit it out of the park every season. But in general, I, it was not a very strong season anyway. So, you know, no, I would say no, there were no... It was not, yeah. Real highlights, you know, to yeah. speak of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And as a consumer, I was like, hey, you know, more money in my pocket. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so hopefully better luck next season. Um yeah. Yeah, and I'm gonna be back in Paris for women's wear. I'll do the whole thing. So Yes, yeah. good. Finally. I'm, I look forward <laughs> yes. I look forward to seeing in person. Wait till because you see my different. face day five, you know. <laughs> <laughs> be like, I am so sick of this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Philippe, for joining us. You're welcome. And um thank you again for for your insights which i really appreciate and they always make me think in in new ways about clothes that's um, positive about that's nice to hear so. yeah yeah and hopefully same goes for our audience 
So thank you, Philippe, and until the next time. See you time, soon. Yeah, see you bye. in September. All right, ciao, bye. ciao, ciao. You've been listening to the Styles Like Guys podcast, hosted by Eugene Rapkin, produced by Patrick Leduc, intro and outro music by Wesley Isolt of Cold Cave. Please support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Thank you for listening.